0: Hello and welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. Whether you work for government or industry, we're here to help you understand how the other side thinks. Our mission is to make government contracting better one contract at a time. Today's episode is about why contract type matters. So join us and learn why it's important for both sides to work to select the right contract type for your particular acquisition. Real quick, I'd like to say it was great seeing everyone at the NCMA World Congress in Dallas. Thanks to all of you that came to our presentation. The second official Contracting Officer Podcast meetup was awesome. We met a lot of great people in person rather than just through email like usual. And we learned that so many people don't know about the Contracting Officer Podcast or about podcasts at all. So if you know someone that could benefit, tell a friend about the podcast. All right, let's get started. Hey, Kevin. Today, we're going to talk about why contract type matters. We
1: are, because if you don't get contract type right, your contract can be doomed to fail.
0: Before we talk about why this is so important and why government and industry should care about this, let's give a little bit of background on the basics of contract types. Now, we did this in podcast nine, where we got into cost contracts versus fixed price contracts. But as a refresher, On one extreme, there's firm fixed-price contracts where the contractor has full responsibility for the performance costs and how much profit or or loss they make. So this is all the way on one end of the extreme. I will sell you this box for $10, period. Cost reimbursement contracts are on the other end of the extreme where the contractor doesn't bear the responsibility for the final cost. I mean, of course, they bear responsibility – But the government pays all of the contractor's allowable costs, and the allowable cost is a FAR term. means something specific. It's a whole other podcast. (laughs) Exactly. So up front, the government and the contractor agree on what they estimate the total cost will be and put a ceiling on it that that if you're not done by then, everyone has to reassess where you're at. A firm fixed price is the best use of the the basic profit motive, and the FAR actually says FFP – fixed price shall be used when the risk involved is minimal or predictable so this is the preferred method of contracting cost type contracts are used when there's too many unknowns to decide on a firm price so when you're buying commercial items via far part 12 fixed price is used if you want to buy something that's out of a catalog you buy a fixed price When the requirement is very well defined and the government and the industry can agree, this is exactly what we're going to do, good use of fixed price. When the needs or the industry are mature, this isn't a research and development type of thing, great time for fixed price. Fixed price should be the preferred contract type when possible. On the other hand, cost reimbursement contracts are used when that requirement is not clear clear enough to allow for a firm fixed price contract. You can't actually estimate the cost well enough to, to say, I'm comfortable, as the industry, I'm comfortable telling you right now what I can deliver this to you for.
1: Something else to keep in mind here is that cost reimbursable is not as preferred, right? So that means that The contracting officer has to document the rationale for using a cost-type contract and at certain levels even has to get that rationale approved. And this is in FAR Part 7.1 if you want to go look it up.
0: Yeah, you have to document it because this is the thinking part of the job. And this is in the FAR, FAR 16.103A. There's our FAR reference for the day.
1: (laughs) Selecting the contract type it's generally a matter, and this is right out of the FAR, right? It's generally a matter is what it says for negotiation requires, and this is my favorite phrase to see in the FAR, exercise of sound judgment. That's the thinking part. That's FAR speak for, you got to think about this. And here's the other fun part is that negotiating contract type and and contract prices, they're closely related. Because if you think about it, just like we just talked about, the idea of who's bearing the risk, what's the price, what's the profit ratio, that contract type it's going to drive how much you pay for something, how much profit you give, and that's a, a whole other concept. But that's so those, those two are related: contract type and contract
0: prices. So it's a balance between risk and that profit incentive for for delivering what the government wants when they want it. Does that make sense?
1: It does. And think about it from we talk about this a lot. This idea of a balance is you always have these extremes. And the art of contracts, the art of government contracts is finding between those two, those two extremes. So for example, fixed price and cost type, those are two extremes. Contract type versus contract prices, two extremes. We're always trying to find something between those two. You're also looking for the balance reasonable risk with the greatest incentive for efficient and economical performance.
0: That sounds like the FAR, not Kevin. It does. Yeah,
1: that's, that's, and let me put that in Kevin's speak. you trying to motivate the contractor to do the best job at the best price. So efficiency is get this done properly, but also make sure you make some money so you don't go out of business.
0: Let's talk about why this is important. There's great flexibility in contract type. This is how risk is distributed, shared, or, or balanced between industry and the government. It's also how you're going to have to manage the contract. Different contract types require different levels of cooperation, collaboration, handholding, reporting.
1: So keep in mind that if you have improper or less than optimal, is probably another way to say it, contract types, then you risk having program performance issues regardless of the technical risk of the contract.
0: Right, everybody gets wrapped up in all the... If it should be easier and they get wrapped up in all of of the reporting requirements in a cost-type contract, they didn't need it. They've taken their eye off the ball of the technical performance.
1: So it's very easy for the contract type to make something that could be simple, complex. And we're all shooting for simplicity as much as we can because it is government contracts after all
0: <laughs> simplicity <laughs> a,
1: we're, we're seeking it we're, we're, we're seeking for it we're just not going to find it very often
0: let's talk about why the government should care about contracts type so much so the contract type is the foundation it's the structure on which this program this acquisition and the results the success are, are built
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a foundation of your building right an example I had, it was a contract, that was, everything in the contract was firm fixed price, except for the travel claims. As a result, that made the entire contract effectively fall under cost rules, which means now this small business has the defense contract audit agency show up, at their, well, not show up, the email up <laughs> to their office. <laughs> it's
0: not like a surprise, it yeah, like it's like publisher's a, clearinghouse knocking on the door. Like,
1: I'm bringing you an award. No,
0: it's not something like that.
1: It creates a whole lot more complexity because that one contract CLIN was cost-type.
0: So if you would have stuck with having everything fixed-price except for travel, that can haunt you during the whole performance of the contract because then you have to think about incremental funding of the travel CLIN instead of just having the contract mani- contractor manage how much travel they have. So this is like the shadow of your past, the shadow of your bad decision on contract type can haunt you during performance of the contract. Say I have a fixed price contract where I know exactly how to deliver what the customer wants. And the customer, the government, says, oh, wait, I want you to change this and connect it to something else that you've never connected this to before. So suddenly there's risk in my contract. I used to know how to do it. Now I'm not so sure. If I have to negotiate a fixed price change to the contract on stuff that I don't really understand – I'm going to put in a lot of risk premium. I'm going to put in extra hours to make sure that I don't lose money trying to figure out how to connect to this thing that I've never connected to before. If it's a cost-type contract, we could lay out what we think it costs, and if I, got, if I guessed wrong, I can keep incurring costs until I get it right. I'm not going to lose my butt doing it because the government's covering those costs and we're working together on a fixed-price contract it's up to me to deliver it for what I say I'm going to deliver it for. So I'm going to make sure that I have enough money there to figure out all the unknowns. And
1: contract type doesn't matter during just contract execution. So when you say, try something new at the end of this contract closeout process, the fact that it was a high risk premium, it wasn't something that you had done before, isn't going to be clearly as seen so much as you had a firm fixed price contract and you didn't deliver that's the risk. For those of you who have any cost type contracts, you realize that getting the final rates, getting everything completely done, takes a while—like a decade, maybe. <laughs> so that, yeah, seriously. So that the decision to use a cost type contract that create—you know—it's like you're throwing a rock in the pond again. The ripple effect of that could last a while. So just be thinking about that. That doesn't mean that doesn't necessarily make sense. It's just these are the kind of things that why government cares is that when you when you pick a certain contract type. It, it may be, you may be retired before it actually closes <laughs> yeah,
0: out. Yeah, I mean, fixed price. Okay, did we get what we asked for? Is it delivered? Yep. Did the contractor get paid? Yep. All right, done. Boop, 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 boop. Hands clean. Yes. Cost type contract. It's going back years later and saying, okay, exactly how much did it cost them after all the rate adjustments and everything? are done? Uh, don't make me talk about closeout. <laughs> next, next. 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 The best contracting officers examine all the options and then they craft the perfect fit amongst the contract types that are available. The perfect fit for that acquisition.
1: And Again, this is the thinking part of the job. And you're balancing between all the different options. And here's the other big takeaway here, is that get feedback from industry. The idea is the contracting officer... And the, and the customer and everybody should be discussing this ahead of time. And we can you know, go on about how far part seven makes a big deal about this. But common sense says this, is if you're asking me as the, a as the contractor after the RFP comes out, do this is cost type, I'm thinking, well, it, it, I could have done this for a fixed price. Or, or the other way around. I'm not willing to do this as a firm fixed price. Let's talk about this yeah, ahead of time. Yeah,
0: speak up, industry. If, if, the government, if you think the government's getting the contract type wrong for what's being acquired... Let them know during industry day. Let them know during the draft RFP process. This matters.
1: And, and this, this matters. I would foot stomp the whole RFI all day long. Is if I know I've know talked to a couple of contracting officers that aren't in the habit of doing RFIs. They might do a draft RFP. or They might go RFI to, 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 straight to um, RFP. Regardless of that, ask this question. Does this contract type make sense? And, and adamant about this one is that I have been surprised Three times in my career, of when I asked this question, somebody said, we can do that for a fixed price. <laughs> and it's because we're so used to doing it. You know, It's that whole, you, you're, you get used to a certain services being, in this, services in this case, being a, a cost type or being some version of cost type contracts. And companies will say, I can do that. Now, there's a risk conversation in there. Realize some people say they can do things they can't do. I get that. But you don't know until you ask the question. And just have the conversation about it. Okay, shut up.
0: I'll talk about why industry should care about contract type. So this is where the risk and reward of the program are laid out. It's not only how much profit you'll make or how much you'll lose on the contract if you get it wrong. It also defines how you execute during the contract performance. And if you don't understand the contract type, you might not bid the right price because the contract type drives how you have to track the costs, how you have to deliver what you deliver, how, how, you, how you bill for that effort and and get paid if you don't understand that if there's a lot of reporting required you know fixed price it's just hey i delivered it send me a check (laughs) cost type there's a whole lot of backup required in the invoicing process to show that you're billing the actual cost that you've incurred if you haven't priced all that in you're in trouble before you start and industry should not forget that different cleans can be different contract types and have to be treated differently like you were talking about with contract type for travel cleanse, if, if the travel is cost reimbursable, you have to save all those receipts and justify why you chose a flight that was more expensive than the cheapest one available.
1: And for more information on how the contract type can be different for each clean, go back and listen to podcast number 35. We get into the weeds on that.
0: So industry, if you don't understand the contract type, you aren't going to understand how to do the job. Contract type can even impact how and how you're going to win a competition or if you win it. If you don't understand the contract type, if, if you are bidding a, like a fixed price contract and you've built in the risk premium that you need considering that you have to deliver for the price you're proposing and you've put in profit based on that contract type, If it's actually a cost-type contract and everyone else has priced it knowing that the government's going to cover their costs regardless of the ups and downs, they're going to be a lower price than you probably, and you're not going to win. And then there's one
1: other big takeaway here is when everything hits the fan, oh, I didn't know the contract type was different for that, Glenn. It's not an acceptable answer. So understand what's in your contract.
0: Yeah, there's no mercy there from the government. Uh, your contract said it was firm fixed price. Did you not know what that means? To wrap this up, the contract type should be a mutual decision between government and industry. You have to understand all of the contract types that are available, and if you're industry, you can help influence why the government chose, chooses the contract type that they choose for that particular acquisition.
1: If you don't spend some time picking the right contract type, it will haunt you. It's how the government industry get the best solution. And then as we talked about it, drives the execution process and, it, it, and it, the shadow of the past, all that kind of stuff. But you, this is one of those foundational things. I again, I go back to this. this. is the foundation of the house you're building. We can talk about how Clint's fit in. Now all, all these other pieces fit together, but the big piece is the, the contract type is a foundational piece that if you get it, cool. <laughs> but if you don't understand you got risk you don't even know about yet.
0: Okay, thanks for joining us today. Remember, our mission is to make government contracts better one contract at a time. So if you're out walking your dog listening to this on your phone, text a friend and tell them about the podcast. Don't forget to email us your topics. Go to ContractingOfficerPodcast.com, hit the contact button, and tell us what you want to hear about. And if you need help with the government market, you can join the Skyway Connection community to get that direct support.
1: Go to skywayacquisition.com slash connect and you can use the promo code podcast to try the community for free for two weeks.